Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Reed. Reed Coverdale is uh, back with us here. It's been a few weeks. You're, you've been, as usual, busy on the road doing various different things. You were at the, the Tim Pool show a few weeks ago, and I did take the time to watch that episode. I've never actually watched an entire episode of uh, of his show before. Oh, yeah. Thanks I'm for flattered. calling out Free Talk Live, I think, twice during that episode. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it was fun. Uh, he doesn't have a Joe Rogan-style interview show. It's not even really an interview show. It's just a no. news show where they talk about all these different, in my opinion, kind of uninteresting things, and you kind of have to <laughs> hijack the conversation and push it in your direction. But I think me and Jose kind of did. Like, we got a lot of points across, and I was, I guess I was happy with it for, for what it was. Yeah, I always thought Jose was like one of the toads on Twitter and always like being really obnoxious and annoying, but he was really good on that show. He <laughs> Well, you're you're not wrong. He is obnoxious and annoying. He's just also he, he is smart too. So. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Um and you did you know, you did the best you could to try to bring attention to Joa's situation. Our co host uh Joe will be on tomorrow night. Oh yeah, but um, Tim Pole cannot talk about that because he loves Bolduck or well, whatever. Well, we have to re- re- recap what happened. So Don Bolduck was this, uh, you know, total statist Republican guy running for U.S. Senate and uh, here in New Hampshire. And, of course, Jeremy Coppin, the libertarian candidate, was running against him. And this Bolduck guy showed up at a campaign event, at a senatorial debate. And outside of that debate, our co-host Joa from Breaking the Flaw tried to walk up to him and, I don't know, say something to him, but Bolduck shouted at the top of his lungs and, like, pointed him out to the police, had the police come over and arrest him and charge him with trespassing. Uh, but then Bolduck yelled at him and claimed that he was... He said uh, he hit me. Yeah, he said he hit me, like, five times in a row, and Joe never hit him. There's multiple camera angles that we compiled together that showed cr- crystal clear not only did Joa never hit him, but he actually elbowed Joa in the chest. Bullduck, yeah, elbowed Joa, and that's pretty clear in the in the video as well. But then the sort of conservative-leaning media ran with this story uh, within the next 24 to 48 hours and just put Bullduck all over the place and acted like he was the one telling the truth, when in point of fact he is actually a, a liar, which is what you would expect out of a politician. And I guess uh, Tim Pool just never really, I think he mentioned it, but never really dug into it, even though video was provided to him. Uh, he should have been able to easily check the, the facts on this, but he didn't. And you tried bringing it up, and it seemed like what happened was he just simply ignored everything that you said about it and just moved on. Right, Reed? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I was kind of expecting that in general. I mean, there were a couple other points that he actually did kind of respond to me on and even like brought it back up later in the show. Some stuff I said about Trump, which Mm -hmm. was cool because he doesn't usually do that. But he seems very agenda driven on what he wants to talk about and basically kind of, you know, if you have to bombard him with anything you want to talk about and almost nothing sticks. And I think that was one of those things. The funny thing is the other thing that I really wanted to talk about was the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire's Twitter because he was really critical of our messaging, especially over the McCain tweet. There was this huge blow up with the whole Tim cast crew over it. And I brought Mm. up the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire Twitter like two or three times and he didn't bite. Didn't didn't bite. Yeah. (laughs) 
it's more ridiculous to me that libertarians got mad about making fun of Meghan McCain crying over John McCain's yeah. casket. Like, if you're a libertarian, maybe you don't have to think it's funny, but getting personally offended about it is crazy. Like, these are murderers. Well, at least he's a murderer. She's, you know, a nepo She's baby. She's the unapologetic daughter of a murderer. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it would be one money thing. Off of it. it would be one thing if Meghan McCain was saying... I don't want anything to do with my father. He is terrible. You know, he's a ter- terrible human being, and I just happen to be birthed by him. You know, like that's that's it. I'm disconnecting from him. Then it would then it wouldn't make much sense uh, to make fun of her. But she is a total arch conservative. I mean, she's a warmonger. Yeah. Or if she was not even necessarily decrying him, but just a waitress or something, and yeah. wasn't like you know perpetuating his worldview. Uh, you know, to mainstream America through the view or whatever. Right. Um, I, I honestly don't know how much Tim actually really cared about that because he didn't seem to, I, I know Lydia who doesn't work for him anymore. She was the one who was really, really upset about it. Mm-hmm. I think it might've bled over to the other people. They were just outraged by adjacency. <laughs> so he didn't really seem to care. Cause I tried to really get into that, but he didn't bite. He said something like, this is too far, and that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it wasn't far enough. In my and um, <laughs> on President's Day, I don't know if you did this one, Reed, but somebody... It wasn't me, but it was great. Oh, so what happened? On President's Day this year, so like a couple weeks ago, they put, um, we may not support every president, but we can appre- appreciate the way some of them went out and put all the presidents who got assassinated. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And there were libertarians pissed about that one, too. It's just like... Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> You know, there's uh, there are libertarians right now who are making a big deal about the, being against secession as well. I mean, there's just so many quote unquote libertarians out there. But the good news is, I think most of the people who are upset about these things, they're not here in New Hampshire. I mean, did you get that right. impression at all, Reed? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're actually doing a good job of deterring people right. who aren't serious or aren't radical about coming here. Um, you know, I mean, if you are just a, a boomer con. I don't really understand what net benefit you add by being here. You know, that's not the type of person I want to move here. Um, So I I think we, uh, the message we're sending out is very stark and very clear Mm -hmm. about the type of person we want to attract. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think most of these anti-secession people, I don't think they are in New Hampshire. I mean, I think that's like. Almost all Beltway libertarians in Washington, D.C. are Los Angeles. Wherever it is that they are, I mean, they're they're internet libertarians, and they feel like they're doing something by simply posting online, and the reality is they're never going to get anywhere, and the ones that are serious are going to come here, and the ones that are not serious uh, should move to Florida or wherever, because, you know, they just can't handle the cold. So is there uh, some recent developments in regards to Taiwan, uh, Reed, that you've been paying attention to? Yeah, well, the thing is, we, I mean, we've got the, the USS Nimitz over, I think it's in the South China Sea right now. And we've had, I, I remember seeing. What is that, an was, aircraft carrier or a battleship or something? I think it's an aircraft carrier. Okay. Uh, I'll have to double check that. But um, there were reports that were, you know, this this article was going around on Twitter about how a Chinese airplane came close to uh i forget if it was an american airplane or an american ship in the south china sea and that this was like such a you know crazy debacle that china would do this it's like wait 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 a second where was this happening this was happening in the The south South china China sea Sea. 
it's their airspace right? yeah and we're like upset that they're flying their airplanes near us like i mean i just can't imagine if, or i can't imagine actually if the shoe were on the other foot and you know they were like sailing warships between cuba and florida or something and then we sent airplanes over near them to f- see what they were doing and they would freak out at us i mean like come on this just doesn't make any sense it's so it's so stupid and irrational and of course they have you know, of course, the Chinese are going to be worried that we're we're starting unprecedented arms sales to Taiwan. Mm. I think we're we've approved ten billion over the course of four years. When did that most, start? That's they proved that I think a couple months ago now. Wait, they're selling was, Taiwan arms instead of just giving it to them. Like uh, I think they're Ukraine? giving it to them, like arms oh, sales. Okay. So, okay. Like yeah, the U the U S government buys or. The taxpayer buys the weapons and then gives them I see. Okay. to Taiwan. But so like with, like with Ukraine, they're just getting yeah, billions yeah, of dollars worth of weaponry. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, why wouldn't you expect China to react in the way that they're reacting? I mean, so many right-wingers are you know, correctly realizing that the whole thing going on in Ukraine was provoked by the United States and that, of course, Russia would be upset about it. But then you have the same exact thing going on with Taiwan and China, and they just out to lunch. They don't get it. It's like, yeah, but communism bad and China bad. And it's like, okay, but how does that change the scenario? Like any government that you're doing that to is going to react that way. What do you expect? it's, It's not about whether you like China or you like the CCP or you want Taiwan to be part of China or mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't care about any of that. Like it, it has nothing to do with me, but why should we be provoking them to start a war with us over something that has nothing to do with us it's on the other side of the world? It's just, it's just, it's insane. Uh, and then you got this guy, Vivek, what's his last name? Sarwami. Sarwami. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's it. I think Sarawami? it's a longer, it's a longer last name, but this character is uh, is running for president apparently as a Republican, and he showed up in New Hampshire several days ago. Went to some free stater uh, event or uh, to Murphy's Tap Room or something, and a bunch of free staters went there. and And there's just there's been a, a shocking amount of uh, yeah, I don't know what the I'm not going to use I don't think salivating is the right word, but there's like a lot of people who are all excited about this character. Showing up and just doing what every politician does. Oh my god, I mean, he gave a speech and I got to be there. Right. Don Don Bolduck did the exact same thing last year where he showed up at Free Stater events and tried to persuade people and did successfully persuade people, like people who should have known better, uh, yep. to to support him instead of supporting the libertarian, Jeremy Kaufman, in that particular race. And, and now he's uh, campaigning for Nikki Haley, which is kind of funny. Not surprising. Uh, so, I mean, this, this guy is a, you know, Bolduck is an arch conservative. He's not a libertarian at all, but these are politicians and they're, they're slimy snake people. They know their audience and they construct their words very carefully to try to pander, uh, to that particular audience. And so and it's not like he's just like a mostly good New Hampshire conservative. He wants to start a war with the cartels in Mexico. Well, right. He's got two foreign uh, foreign policy viewpoints that he's he's pushing this Vivek guy, and one of them is to like completely. I don't think he wants to invade China, but he wants to like somehow shut down any kind of trade or somehow punish uh, China 
I, I, I'm not really clear on what exactly he's proposing, but China his, bad. I think his last name is Ramaswamzi. That's probably it. Ramaswamy. Something like that. Uh, China bad, and then the, his number two foreign policy priority is to literally have the U.S. military invade and drop bombs on the drug cartels in Mexico. And yet some people say, oh, well, he's good on wokeism and he wants to stop the uh, – what's the thing that they do in the classrooms? It's like the – Critical race theory? Yeah, thank you. Critical. Oh, he wants to stop critical race theory or ESG, and so therefore, you know, oh, he's he's not the worst of evils. Anyway, you were going to comment on uh, on wokeism, Reed. Yeah, so I don't like wokeism, but I think wokeism is uh, it's a it's a it's a double edged sword. So, did you ever see the woke CIA ad a couple years ago? That I mean, it looked like a parody. It was such a joke. So basically wokeism with the left it dupes them into supporting extremely anti-progressive measures right like it'll it'll dupe them into supporting keeping the army in afghanistan to protect women's rights or something like Mm. that like they'll get sold on a bill of goods that has nothing to do with what they claim to hold dear but it's cloaked in some sort of progressive uh language Mm. and so they'll go along with it. it yeah Uh, The reverse is also true. Like people can be anti-woke and then stand against everything that you claim to represent, you know, claim to represent as like a a small government conservative. Like some guy like DeSantis can be, you know, against, uh, you know, indoctrinating your kids in classrooms. But then he's this absolutely awful warmongering lunatic who lots of people who claim to support small government and free speech like that's a big thing that they claim to support and he's like one of the biggest proponents of anti-bds laws uh making it illegal to criticize israel or you know i mean so here's a perfect example since you brought up desantis he just i think it was today or yesterday signed off on the government takeover of the Disney property there in mm-hmm. Florida. and that Shouldn't is... we be against that on the same grounds as Russia invading Ukraine? Well, we should be against it on the grounds, at the very least, of freedom uh, you know, freedom to do business, right? No, like, I agree with that, but I'm just saying, shouldn't the people who are like pro-Ukraine be up in arms because they're taking over? Disney wants self-governance. Disney, <laughs> Disney is for democracy well that's a that's an interesting question is like because DeSantis is attacking disney because he's quote-unquote anti-woke like he's pandering Mm -hmm. to the anti-woke conservatives by saying well disney's bad they're trying to shove gayness down uh people's throats and so therefore we're gonna take we're gonna take away their uh their freedom to run their business that they've had there for roughly 60 years they've essentially have like a an area of uh two different counties that was carved out and they had the ability to govern that themselves they took care of the sewer they took care of the fire department they took care of the whole thing and they didn't have to pay taxes as a result of that but they were completely self-governing so if indeed these conservatives are small government and pro-business they should be upset at DeSantis for doing what he did, which is essentially stripping all of that away from Disney, now forcing them to resume paying taxes, putting the government in the, the Florida government in charge of the property again. Not even the counties, from what I understand. DeSantis himself is apparently appointing people to the board of directors that runs this particular area. So it's, it's even What's more next, top South down. Georgia? It's even more top-down uh, controlled than it, than it has ever been. 
And so, I mean, this is like the complete opposite of any kind of small government principles. But it's all okay because Disney is woke. If you're not familiar, uh, there's certain laws out there, libel laws, that say that you can't say bad things about uh, people that you know aren't true. And when it comes to public figures, there's more room to kind of um, maneuver in that area. So somebody who's not a public figure can argue that they can, you know, they've had their uh, reputation ruined by things that were said in the media and that may not have been true about them. And they have a they have a right to sue on that. If you're a public figure, you don't have as much uh, as much freedom to make those uh, those claims. And so this lawsuit or this particular case, I believe, was involved in that. So emboldened by the Supreme Court's recent willingness to overturn longstanding precedent, conservative lawyers, judges, legal scholars and politicians have been leading a charge to review the decision and either narrow it or overturn it entirely. DeSantis, possible Republican presidential candidate, put the effort at the center of his war against the mainstream media. He said at an event where they were discussing this case, quote, how did it get to be this doctrine that has had really profound effects on society? The event featured two libel lawyers known for suing news organizations and a conservative scholar who recently published an essay titled Overturn New York Times versus Sullivan. I'm I'm a little confused. What side is DeSantis on? He wants to make it suable if you say bad things about him? Basically, that's Mm. what it sounds like here. Uh, Under Sullivan, public figures who sue for defamation must show not only that a report contained false and damaging information, but that the publisher acted with quote-unquote actual malice, unquote, by knowing that the report was false or by recklessly disregarding the truth. So that's not already illegal if someone like, if you can prove that someone knew something was false and published it anyway? Well, that would, yeah, I, whether that would be actual malice, uh, that may be an argument that you could make. But yeah. if you just, if you're running a newspaper and somebody writes a letter to the editor saying DeSantis rapes children and then you publish that, uh, then you could claim that it wasn't your, uh, you know, yeah. it wasn't your story. I don't know. There may be a way out of that. But for a uh, for a person who is not a public figure, if you make that claim about them publicly, then they can sue and they don't have to prove uh, the same things that a public figure does. So this be- law is going to make yeah. Kim Kardashian way richer every time somebody calls her a whore. <laughs> Good point. So the precedent not only applies to mainstream media organizations, but also individuals, companies, partisan websites, and podcasters that could face far greater exposure to defamation lawsuits if the standard of proof were lowered. So, for instance, Bonnie, your post on Twitter yesterday that Joe Biden is a fag yes. may actually violate uh, this particular because they, they took your account down for seven days, apparently, or, or yes, froze and you if, out. If anyone didn't, wasn't listening yesterday, I was, uh, well, it's like frozen for seven days i can view twitter i just can't like anything so there's no point you can't comment you can't post yeah um but all i said was shut up fag to an openly straight man an openly straight (laughs) old man and it's like obviously i didn't mean that with intention of insulting gay people because i was talking to an openly straight person if you make it to where anytime anyone says fag to a straight person that, well, that's offensive to gay people. You're offending gay people. You're calling all gay people fags. I also think uh, the word faggot is not. Uh, I don't think that people take that as a sexual orientation 
you know, uh, description or something like that's an obvious derogatory term that's been around for a long time. Like for a long time now, gay people have basically taken that back. Gay people will be like, I'm gay, but I'm not a faggot. Ha ha ha. Mm. That's like a common joke. Well, gay guys like to call each other fag, right? That's a thing. Well, there's the term fag hag as well. They'll refer to their girlfriends as that's even old. Fag hag. That's just offensive to people like me who have gay friends and aren't ugly. Because fag hag came from like in the 80s or something. The only person who'd be friends with the gay guy were like the ugly fat girls. You know, these Republicans are just as snowflakeish as the very liberals that they always love to accuse of being snowflakes. I mean, it's certainly true. Leftists are are snowflakes, no doubt. But here's Republicans saying they can't handle a simple comparison to Hitler or some other kind of insulting uh, jab that's uh, shot at them in some sort of form of media. It's pathetic. Yeah, I mean, I the thing is, like, I, I mean, the media does suck and they do lie all the time. But... I don't think putting stipulations like this on them is going to help the public distrust them more. If anything, it's going to bolster the public's faith in what's being said, because now the government is kind of holding them accountable. And, you know, now um, they can get in trouble for saying things that aren't true, where Mm. right now when it's kind of open season, people have very little faith in Fox News or CNN. Or I mean, they know a lot of people know that everything they're hearing is just BS. That's true. So. Yeah, the media has lost a lot of credibility uh, with people. And of course, the answer is, as libertarians, we know the answer to bad speech is more speech, is to get right. you know get the alternative view out there on your own media if you need to. Another example, defamation suit was filed by Sarah Palin. You remember her, the former governor of Alaska against the New York Times. Remember when she was like the dumbest person in politics? Wasn't that a good time? Yeah. (laughs) Just keeps getting dumber. Yeah. Uh, She was once seen, or it was once seen, as a potential test of the actual malice standard first set by Sullivan. But a jury rejected her claim after a trial early last year, and a judge denied her bid for a second trial That case is on appeal. I guess I didn't say what it was about. It's not clear whether the court is ready to revisit Sullivan. Uh, Anyway, this story goes goes on and on and on. But so DeSantis is one of the guys who's pushing this thing being overturned. He, of course, also is an arch police statist. He's never seen, uh, you know, pro police, pro cop. Uh, you know, increase the budgets, increase the increase the bureaucracy, uh, bureaucracy kind of bill that that he didn't support. So. Anyway, all that aside, uh, Reed, I know you've been paying attention to Ukraine, and there's what another ten billion on tap from uh, U.S. taxpayers. Another ten billion. I had Scott Ritter on my show a couple weeks ago, and he's so I don't know how accurate this is, but this is what he said, and he is a you know a pretty good source. He said that there have been roughly seven hundred thousand Ukrainian casualties and eighty thousand Russian casualties since the war started. Well, 700,000 Ukrainian and 80,000 Russian? That's what he said. Wow. Um, and I don't know if that's accurate, but if it is, Who knows? that's a meat grinder. It's I certainly mean, not what the mainstream media is going to no. tell you. Hey, isn't it true that Kiev is like surrounded by Russians right now? Kiev? I don't think Kiev is surrounded. I saw um, something about that on Twitter. It must have been fake news or something. But I, I was, haven't heard it. I was, I was on RT out. today, and I didn't see anything about that. I didn't hear about that. I was kind of creeped out because I was like, that makes it seem like, I don't know, America's about to get involved. And my mom creeped me out today because she said, Zelensky said in a speech that we're going to have to send our sons and daughters over there that to fight for Ukraine. Ukraine. 
Yeah, he did say like, I mean, I think it was along the lines of if this gets into being a broader war, then you are going to have to send your sons and daughters to fight over here and die. And so we need to do everything we can to, you know, destroy Russia. So that doesn't happen right now, basically. The clip is getting shared around social media. And the first thing I thought of, well, is it's a translation. So are they actually translating it accurately? And I, you know, I looked into it a little bit and the quote unquote fact check people are, are saying, oh, well, it's being taken out of context. As you pointed out, Reed, the actual question was about a wider conflict involving NATO and Russia. And that's what he was answering. But he did say the things that they're saying that he said. So, like, the translation yeah. apparently was accurate. Those Literally words, your sons and daughters. Yeah, the words about the U.S. Uh, government or the, the people of the United States, their sons and daughters having to go into this fight were said by him, but it was in regards to uh, NATO versus Russia. But it wasn't him saying that, you know, that couldn't happen or that he wasn't expecting that to happen. It was it sounded like he was predicting that that would would be inevitable. Uh, And and I think they said something recently. I I saw a headline. I didn't look at the story, but the claim was that NATO is kind of allowing Ukraine in now or something like that. Have you seen that? that? Yeah, I don't know, like, how official that is, but it was um, the prime minister of Finland and I forget who the other guy up on the stage was, but they were basically saying that, yeah, the long term plan is to allow Ukraine to join NATO, which a few weeks ago, that was a Russian talking point. If you said that Ukraine was ever even considering joining NATO and now it's like, okay, well, this seems to be the plan. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Thank you there, brother and sister Bonnie. What's on your mind tonight? Well, just a brief comment to what Sister Bonnie said before I go into about libertarians having a problem with with secession because of their bad government. Well, here's what it comes down to, Ian. If their government's that bad, they could try to reform it. Good luck with that. But I have a better suggestion for them. They should consider moving to somewhere like New Hampshire or Pennsylvania where secession is very possible. Just a dumb observation, you know. But so wait, who, who should move to the people that I was referencing who say, oh, we can't have secession because my local government is so bad. I don't want them getting more power over me. No, I don't want those people moving to New Hampshire. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I don't want to move into PA either. Ian. Well, why would you invite them here? <laughs> Didn't you just invite okay, them? That was probably stupid observation. But under okay. my topic, I'm sorry. All right, go people ahead. All right. Oh, well. They can stay where they're at. Yeah, please. But the cigarette tax. Now, that's a fact. I'm blowing a fag right now. You know, and would that mean? Oh my yeah, would goodness! That mean, wow! Oh my! Isn't that terrible? In the UK, that slang you get bl- you'd get banned for uh, from Twitter for saying that for smoking a cigarette. That's why I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. That slang in the UK. It is funny, but anyway, the cigarette slang in UK for smoking a cigarette is blowing, blowing a, a fag. fag. Yeah, all right, no doubt. All right, but the cigarette tax. Now, I am a chain smoker, and I avoid that generally because I roll my own. But here's the thing: when I do go out. I will occasionally buy a pack of cigarettes. And what do I prefer? Camel non-filter because I smoke tobacco without a cigarette. Now, they're about $13 and change right now. Wow. Now, what that comes down, yeah, it's pretty bad. But here's the problem. That, that ain't the problem. The problem is the tax. There's two taxes on that. Mm-hmm. Tax number one is PA sales tax. Nobody likes to pay taxes, but I can live with that one, you know, Ian. But no, then you have to. The, yeah, well, here's the big problem. Well, that does go to PA, you know. But here's the big problem. That's bad. Well, but even, but yeah, but here's what's worse. The cigarette tax. Get this one. 
That's a 60% tax, and here's how this works. By whom? I'm getting to that. Okay. 30% goes to TA, to the Commonwealth, Mm -hmm. okay? But you know where 30% of it goes? Uh, The city? The federal government. Oh, okay. Oh, and this gets even better because, one, you can't sell cigarettes across state lines, but you can give the money away. And you know what's even better than that? What do you mean you can't sell cigarettes across state lines? You mean retail? Yeah. Basically, if you get cigarettes in one place, you can't move them to another and sell them. That can't be true. Uh, well, okay, yeah. If you're going to resell them, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So here's another thing. Uh, what's really interesting is I, I am amazed by this because I heard just a couple months ago for things that really not make sense about this now, they're getting 30% for doing nothing. They're entitled to nothing. It's not even sold to them or by them. Mm-hmm. But here, I heard about three months ago, get this one, the federal government is go- says that they're going to cut down smoking by 50% by 2025. What the hell kind of sense is that? I don't know, that but there was something in the news recently that is related to this discussion out of California. I think I've got the story here. Uh, the Sacramento Bee reporting that there's a bill in California. Now, it is just a bill, but it's California, so it wouldn't surprise me if this bill actually goes through. I believe it was California that led the way. Uh, in indoor smoking bans back in, what was it, the, the late 1990s. Uh, yeah, in fact, it does say this here right in the front uh, front paragraph. In the 90s, it was the first in the nation ban on smoking in most indoor locations. Last year, 63% of Californians voted to uphold the state law banning the sale of flavored tobacco products. And now, a proposal for a generational ban on tobacco sales. What does that mean? What it means is... If this bill goes through, it's Assembly Bill 935, it would prohibit the sale of tobacco products to anyone born on or after January 1st of 2007. That means today's 15 and 16-year-olds and anyone younger would never be able to purchase tobacco products in California for the rest of their lives. Did you have this story about these super hogs? What are they? Yeah, this is from Popular Mechanics. Highly intelligent and possibly invincible super pigs are invading America. And they look scary. Really? Okay. A hybrid breed of super pigs, a mix of domestic pig and wild boar, is running wild in Canada. And now they have their sights set on the United States. Originally crossbred to help farmed pigs grow larger and tolerate the cold temperatures of Canada, a drop in the market about two decades ago led some farmers to let their hybrid pigs run free. Now they're running very free according to Field and Stream. I guess that's like a magazine. The super pigs are coming south, likely heading to Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, and Michigan. Scary. The problem... Okay, I was going to say, what what is scary about them exactly? The super pigs are proving hard to eradicate. Quote, that they can survive in such a cold climate is one of the big surprises of this issue. Ryan Brook, leader of the Un- University of Sas- Sas- Saskatchewan's Canadian Wild Pig Research Project tells Field and Stream, the cold hardiness of the hybrid pigs mean they survive well. That means other native species don't. Brooke elaborates, quote, wild hogs feed on anything. 
They gobble up tons and tons of goslings and ducklings in the spring. Hmm. They could take down a white-tailed deer, even an adult. Originally, it was like, wow, this is something we can hunt. But it's become clear that they're threatening our wild-haired deer, elk, and especially waterfowl. Not to mention the crop damage. The downsides outweigh any benefit wild hogs may have as a huntable species, unquote. The super pigs have already traversed across international border, dipping into at least North Dakota. So expect an even, even greater occurrence as the hybrid population only grows. Like on public transit, you see something, say something. <laughs> Snitch on the pigs. So call the government instead of just shooting them? I guess they're really hard to kill. Not and if you also, got a gun. It, well, maybe it's not just that it's hard to kill, but that it might mean that there's more around there and they need to come kill them. Well, I don't think the government is going to be. Usually, what happens, as I understand it, is when there's an overpopulation of a thing, the government just sort of opens season on it and then just lets hunters come in and, and do it. It's not so much that the government comes and takes care of it. Well, I, I said uh, snitch on pigs, and it says the squeal on pigs website makes it that even easier (laughs) wow the super pigs have become adept at fending off recreational hunters it says sometimes with entire sounders the term for a group of pigs generally Mm. led by mature sows turning nocturnal to avoid the hunting other times the sounders will disperse making them harder to locate or change their patterns and retreat to forests or wetlands Remember, they are smart. I was going to say, remember, they're super intelligent, mm-hmm. almost invincible, possibly invincible. Wait, who said that? Did they the actually headline? say that? Oh, wow. Okay. The best strategy at reigning in the super pigs has been employing the Judas pig concept, which straps a GPS collar onto a pig to lead game officials to other pigs. Hmm. Deception may be our only hope. Damn. Sounds pretty serious. Well, I wonder if it's something that nature will just take care of on its own or if they're really going to mess up nature since Amer- I mean, uh, the Canadians got involved in their So were genetics. these man-made, you're saying, these super pigs? Yes, they bred domestic pigs with wild boars to mm. make them more uh, like cold-hardy, hardiness, their cold-hardiness went up, hmm. and uh, make them bigger. Make the domestic pigs bigger. So the idea was to get more meat out of out of this was the, the sounds thought? like it and make them die less from being so cold in Canada. Huh. Bonnie, you were just banned on Twitter yesterday for calling Joe Biden a fag in a post that you made. What was it in response to something he said or what Yeah, he re- said something. It was like it didn't really matter what he said. I just insult him every time I see him post and usually I say like F you and I've never been banned for that. Hmm. And I don't say F. Mm-hmm. And today, or yesterday, I just said, shut up, fag, because it's funny because he's not gay. If he was gay, I wouldn't have said it because it wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't be as funny. Okay. Not as though he's actually ever going to read the comments that people make on his Twitter profile, but you just felt like saying a thing, and and somebody decided to report If you don't you. use your free speech rights, you'll, you'll lose them. That much is true. Um, although it is a you know a private platform and they can have whatever rules they want, but you've got Elon Musk claiming he's a free speech absolutist, and then you got banned for seven days for calling Joe Biden a fag on Ridiculous. that platform. Now I had posted in response to that to like let everybody know that you, even though your profile's still there, you could still see FTL underscore Bonnie on Twitter. 
but you're not able to actually interact with anyone. You can't make any posts. So it kind of looks like you're still there, but you're not actually available on the site. In yeah, any sort what of it says whenever way. I log in is it says your account is locked. Right. And it'll be unlocked in six days or five and change days uh, at this point. But the, I had posted about this and it got quite a bit of response today. Normally my posts don't get diddly for, for people responding, but a lot of people shared this one. A lot of people are obviously upset at Twitter for having this particular, making this decision. And our very own Aria DeMezzo responded. I had made the point of uh, avoiding the word fag in my post because <laughs> I had thought maybe you were auto-flagged or something like that simply for using the word. And Aria posted the, the word fag in her response and she didn't get auto-banned or anything like that. So that suggests that it did have something to do with perhaps someone who doesn't like you uh, that is a follower of yours, maybe reporting your post, and mm. that's why it, it got taken down. Or one of Biden's followers, maybe, maybe, but still. But according to RT, in a story published today, Twitter is now clarifying its violent speech policy. And isn't that what you got taken down under? Um, it, it might have said something about that because it said you can't use words that promote violence against or harass a member of a minority group. And I was like, I don't see how saying shut up fag to somebody who's openly straight does that. So I did appeal it, but it said, we'll reply to your appeal in five to seven days. My appeal will be over or my ban will be over by then. Well, maybe they're saying politicians are a minority group and they deserve special protection status. They deserve Lots of things. Yeah. Uh, here's what RT's report says on this. Twitter has now unveiled new rules to crack down on violent speech, saying it will impose a zero-tolerance policy towards those threatening or glorifying the harm of another person or group. All right. Well, I definitely didn't do that. That's why I don't understand. Certain exemptions will apply for cases involving satire, jokes, and some forms of artistic expression. Mine was artistic and a joke. The company announced the decision on Tuesday, which would have been yesterday, so the same day you got banned, I believe, noting that going forward, Twitter users, quote, may not threaten, incite, glorify, or express desire for violence or harm, unquote, part of a policy change intended to, quote, prevent the normalization of violent actions. So does that mean that anyone calling for war with Russia would be banned or from China. Twitter? Or from China? I doubt it. Uh, in most cases, they say we will immediately and permanently suspend any account that violates this policy, they said in a press release, adding that for less severe violations, some accounts may simply be locked temporarily. Well, I doubt it will apply for anyone who promotes war because Elon Musk shown, already showed himself to be, um, you know, not very consistent on this when he said he won't let Alex Jones back on because anyone who has... Uh, you know, what What did he say? Like, he didn't like harmed that. children. Yeah, he didn't like that uh, Alex Jones denied that children were killed in, in the, Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. And he said something like anything that involves children is, is like off the table. But he mm -hmm. didn't ban every politician who has killed children. Sure. Bonnie, you and I have uh, together attended a drag show within the last year. There was one that happened here in... Our very own little Keene, New Hampshire, right on uh, Main Street at the Colonial Theater in September. And it was a group that had come all the way up from New York City and brought their show uh, to us. It was advertised as... It was all Madonna tribute. It was. And that was great. 
It was advertised as a show that was intended for adults. But, you know, children weren't prohibited from the crowd. If, if I think we saw, like, at the youngest, like, an 11-year-old. Yeah, there were a couple of younger kids there. Uh, Not, like, a 6-year-old, but... Sort of, like, in the same way as, like, an R-rated movie. If your parents want to bring you to an R-rated movie where there's, you know, on-screen violence or on-screen sex or profanity, then that's within their right to, to make that decision. And the worst thing that happened was they alluded to having sex after the show or something like that, but they didn't even... I feel like if you were even like a six-year-old, it would have went over your head and it wouldn't have been like you're scarred for life. Yeah, there were a couple of sexual-related, you know, sex-related humor. Right, but the thing that people don't understand, yeah, was what I was going to say, is that like drag queens don't strip. They'd be kind of against uh, the point. I mean, like there was maybe one that had a bigger skirt and flipped it off and it was like a, um, what do they call those that ballerinas wear? Tutu? No, like a one piece thing. So like that's that's it. Like, you know, it, they throw off the longer skirt and then there's like a one piece under. Um there's a word for it, leotard. Oh, okay, right. But um and it might have not even been a leotard. It might have been more like a tutu like you said. But anyways, if drag shows were all about like stripping I mean, they're they're just not. They're not. That's just so yeah. weird. Like they they got to put a lot of time into that's a strip tucking. show. Yeah, there's a name for that. And like people aren't really supposed to be like attracted to the drag queen. Well, at least that's not the point of mm-hmm. the show. The show is just like being fabulous and over the top. And you know, even the a lot of the parts that are on them are just like styrofoam. Like it's not like they actually have fake boobs. Most of them. Like, they don't Mm -hmm. have, like, implants. Some of them probably do. Maybe some of them, but, I mean, most drag queens are not trans. I see what you're saying. They're just men dressing as women. Yeah, they're just gay men, most of them. In fact, RuPaul apparently said that you can't be trans and be a drag queen. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that until Justin O'Donnell said it recently. Well, according to Metro.co.uk, Tennessee is on track to become not only the first U.S. state to ban drag shows, but also the latest to ban health care for trans youth. House Republicans passed joint anti-LGBTQ plus legislation this week, which, if signed by the governor, would make Tennessee the first state to criminalize drag shows. Plunging the southern state into the dark ages, Senate Bill 3 will prevent. So this already passed the Senate. I read this bill, and I don't believe that it just bans drag shows. It, it does a lot of things. It will ban drag shows in places where children may be reasonably there. Yeah, I did have the bill, but I don't have it pulled up in front of me right now. Um, I think they do get into some of the actual wording of it. I'm against that, too. I'm against the government doing that, too. But it's just not that it will completely ban drag shows. It, for some reason, defines drag shows as a cabaret show. Like, it Mm -hmm. says it's banning cabaret shows, and then it defines cabaret shows. And one of the definitions is a show where a man or somebody is dressed of the in the opposite gender or to impersonate the opposite gender. And it's like, I don't know why that would make it a cabaret show. Like, anytime a woman is dressed as a man, is it just going to be a cabaret show? Like, that's so weird. But they obviously just snuck that in there to make drag queen fall under cabaret. And then it goes on to say, cabaret shows as defined are prohibited from being in any public space or any place where it may be reasonable to assume that a child would be, mm-hmm. something like that. And don't quote me on that, but it's basically that. So it's not just 
banning drag shows altogether, but it's still a ridiculous bill. I would oppose it for the same reason I would oppose smoking bans. People should be allowed to allow drag shows with kids present in uh, their own place of business, just like they should be allowed to have a smoking section. So according to the bill summary, I did just pull it up here. I think your recollection is pretty accurate, Bonnie, but it does say that uh, the first violation will be a Class A misdemeanor, and then a second or subsequent violation will be a felony, Class E felony. It defines an adult uh, cabaret performance to mean a performance in a location other than an adult cabaret that features topless dancers, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest. And I had to Google that. Prurient means sexual. sexual. So, like, I would argue that most drag drag isn't that. Yeah, and that's where this is going to be a problem uh, because... You know, the conservatives just believe that all drag is sexual. Right. They, they believe And not that, just the conservatives, a bunch of the libertarians, too. That, like, okay, well, literally like conservative it, libertarians or whatever you want to call them. But yeah. uh, adult cabaret, it says here that it would create an offense for a person who engages in an adult cabaret performance on public property or in a location where the performance could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. Let's go to the phones here. Chuck is in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Chuck. Uh, thank you. I'm, uh, again, listening to you on KTOX in Needles, California. Okay, great. And uh, I just wanted to uh, mention that, uh, what was that? That's a barking dog, sir. Yeah, sounds like a fighter. Yeah. All right. So what were you going to uh, say, Chuck? I was just uh, <laughs> going to mention that the uh, governor of Tennessee is also a cross-dresser, too. Yes, so that, yes, I, that was going to be the twist here in this uh, in this story. Oh, I'm sorry. No I, worries. But I, I just thought that that's the that's the whole caveat. I, I love it. it. It's the uh, it's the hook right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he's a pervert. So what do you think of that? Thank you. Thanks for the call, Chuck. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. So as he just revealed, Bonnie, uh, as you were dealing with coconut there. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, this according to the Washington Post, said he intends to sign the bill restricting drag shows in the state. But guess what? A picture has surfaced of Lee in high school in 1977 dressed up as a woman. Wow. A yearbook photo has been circulating online, and that, of course, has resulted in people accusing the governor of having a double standard. Yep. Well, was it something like he was dressed up as a woman for a powder puff football? Because that's something the conservatives have been fine with forever. What's powder puff football? I think it's called powder puff. Um, It's like, it was definitely a thing in like the 80s. I I don't think it was a thing when I was in high school. But it's where the football team dresses up as cheerleaders and they make big fun out of it. Like, uh, my dad did this in the 80s at his high school. So... They dressed up like the cheerleaders and had fake boobs and everything and, like, would make a joke of being, uh, you know, like, having fake boobs and being cheerleaders. And then the Mm -hmm. cheerleaders played a game of football. And it would, like, uh, maybe it would be, like, a thing that would raise money or just be for fun. I see. Jamie is in Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jamie. Hey, yeah. One quick question first. You say you used to smoke cigarettes, right? I mean, I've had a few here and there. There was one summer where I smoked like one a day. I used to be pretty addicted oh, to smoking wow. cigarettes, but I quit maybe like really? two years ago. 
Good job, Bonnie. Yeah, uh, I try to quit, but I can't. I'm a chain mm-hmm. smoker. Well, I mean, you can. It's just that you haven't done what it takes to do it. I mean, some people need to use um, some sort of method like, what do they have, the shot, I think, that you can take. Chantex. I mean, I didn't try any of that. That stuff kind of scares me. I mean, it really sucked for Aria. Aria had to use it. She was Mm -hmm. like, you know, one of those people who smoked like a lot. And uh, when she used Chantix, it wasn't good like it was really messed up her sleep schedule and eating habits and stuff like that made her nauseous so that freaking must have sucked but i mean some people have to use that what did you do jamie did you just try it cold turkey yeah and it didn't work well how long did you go for about a couple of weeks you made it a couple weeks before you were able to uh before you finally smoked a cigarette again yeah that's pretty impressive. A lot of people can't even make it a couple of days. Especially just cold turkey. What, so was I, it you were just jonesing so bad after two weeks you just you just felt like you had to? Yeah, I was like, forget it. I'm I'm hitting it again. <laughs> oh man. And now what how many how many cigarettes a day are you smoking now? Talking to a chain smoker. Is that like two packs? I got like a bag of cigar a bag of tobacco. You're rolling you're rolling oh. your own. Yeah. I was gonna say the way that helped me the most to get off smoking cigarettes it's gonna sound kind of gross it's gonna sound kind of ghetto i started smoking those flavored uh like black and milds because i could like just put yeah. it out keep it in my car only allow myself to smoke it when i was in my car working so at least i was working not just sitting in my backyard mm-hmm. uh working doing a breeds um right i don't know why that just helped me get off it for one thing the taste started to become nause- nauseating to me like, smoking a cigarette didn't become nauseating to me, but those flavored black and mild things, if I was the only thing I was allowing myself to smoke, sometimes I just wouldn't want to smoke because I didn't want to taste grape or blueberry or whatever. I think that uh, when Aria did her Chantex, that it made it very distasteful for her as well to to smoke a cigarette. Like, she, I don't know if she said that when she thought about it, it was kind of a turnoff, but, like, the whole idea of smoking became a turnoff for her. So I don't know Uh, what those things cost her, but she said it was well worth it. And she is now a year uh, past when she last smoked a cigarette and she's very, very happy that she did it. So it's, it's one of those things that it may cost a little bit of money up front. I don't know how much, maybe a few hundred bucks or whatever for the treatment. But if you think about it, you're going to, it's going to pay for itself really quickly. If you, if you aren't buying cigarettes, cigarettes or buying true. tobacco constantly and and you know that's that's a lot of money over a year's time think about the amount of money that you spend on the cigarettes and then just right. if you never spend another dollar on cigarettes then it's no big deal to spend 500 or 300 bucks or whatever on the actual the medicine that might actually solve this problem for you so i would look I at some that, of those options i think that vaping is a bad in-between choice because basically yeah. like it makes it to where you can smoke anywhere whenever yeah yeah and that's true. uh doesn't really stop you from getting a cigarette too then yeah. you got two habits i mean yeah because then you got to spend money on buying a vape rig and the battery and all that if you're going to spend all that money you might as well just spend it on the chantex or or whatever a smoking cessation shot there's different options out there I, and i would look into those jamie in michigan go ahead law dog yeah thanks for taking my call ian uh the gentleman that uh, got the speeding tickets with the radar um on radar uh Back a few years ago, I don't know how many years ago, they had this one guy sing a song, and it was a one-hit wonder. It said, radar gun, radar gun, I'm making money and I'm having fun. And what they would do is they, they would sit there with that radar gun, 
and they'd uh, stick it up there when they seen cars coming, and then they'd put it in their lap. Okay, they put that mm-hmm. radar gun in their lap, and if there's any of you cops out there in the nation, have them call in because uh, what happened is a lot of cops caught testicular cancer by putting that radar gun in their lap. And just explain to me why they would be putting it in their lap. Was it to, they shot like a car with, that was speeding, but they didn't want to pull that one over, and then they were just saving it for the car they wanted to pull over? Like, what was the point of that? I don't know. You'd have to ask the cop, you know? Okay. Yeah, I had not heard of that story. But the thing about it is, is I, I've been stopped by a lot of cops, and over uh over a six year period, over a seven year period, I was stopped over sixty times by the cop. Wow. Stop number twenty five was a um was a state policeman there. I was driving by Porsche and uh uh he comes up there and he says, Uh, do you know what I'm stopping you for? I says, This is the twenty fifth time I've been stopped uh, in the past two years and he says, What were you stopped the previous twenty four times for? And I says, Driving while sober and he started cracking up. <laughs> so I didn't get a ticket. Yeah, but, if you can make the cop laugh, that's usually a good thing. Okay, this is what you do with a drunk drive um, uh, when you got a guy trying to pin you, a cop trying to pin you on a DUIL. He'll come up to the um, car, and the first thing they always say is, says, do you know what I stopped you for? And I go, yes, sir. You stopped me because you think I'm a drunk driver. May I have a preliminary, preliminary breathalyzer, please? And those guys freak out because... You take the control away from them, and mm. then you, the the state cops will let you blow that uh, um, breathalyzer. And I look at him. I says, "If I blow three zeros, you're not messing with me the rest of the night, are you?" He goes, "No, sir." Says, "You're making my job easier." I if wouldn't do that because I've gotten arrested. Throw you on the hood of the car and uh, and, and 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 start. Uh, I, I think this is know, terrible advice. Stuff with you. I wouldn't um, ask a cop if I can blow in the breathalyzer because I got arrested for blowing three zeros. They said, well, we can smell alcohol on you, so obviously you're not, like, blowing it all the way. We're going to have to take you to the station so you can blow into the bigger breathalyzer thing that sits on the counter. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.